Praise the Lord. One brother said to me, it is uh, coldest just as the sun is rising. Sometimes it can stay at, let's say it was plus one all night, and then just before the sun rises, it gets a bit colder. And it's like that in life. Sometimes before the answer comes, a frost can lie on on our lives. And, <clears throat> but we are waiting for the sun to rise. Thank you, brethren, uh, for that edifying time as you pursue Christ. Yeah, we all need each other to, uh, to go on. And I was thinking as we were uh, meditating on those things that often the Lord needs to move us from where we are so that we can come into a place of blessing. And I believe that's true. Uh, It was true even of the Lord Jesus. Needed to be born uh, in Bethlehem. And the Lord moved them there by providence and so if we're praying and seeking God he's going to move us whether it's by providence whether it's and we need to be cooperating with him and that's really what part of the message is today cooperating with God and uh, I remember a brother years ago said God isn't going to come down and make you read your Bible you have to want to There's some things that God will not do, and he will not uh, cause you to do the things that you ought to do. You need to remember those things. We run on two legs, and God gives strength to both, but we need to run on two legs. It's, It's the only way. Well, let's uh, look to the Word of God. Ephesians chapter 5, verse, we'll read in at verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not, wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit to yourselves. Submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. 
Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives, even as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause a man shall leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself. And the wife see that she reverence her husband. Why don't we pray? Thank you, Lord, for your word. Pray you'd quicken it in our lives. We pray we would obey that which we hear, Lord, don't want to be slothful, but be uh, hearers and doers. Don't want to be forgetful hearers, Lord. Pray grant us grace on Monday and Tuesday and throughout the week, Lord, to be thinking on these things. We bless you, Lord. We have such light in a dark world give you thanks. Amen. Well, we'll hopefully get into past verse 22 today. Um, In reading through the book and Studying through it, uh, the phrase redeeming the time and what that all meant. Um, just studying that the last couple weeks. And one commentator said, God has given us just enough time to do his will, he hasn't given you more. He hasn't given you less, but he's just given you enough. When I was a child, my neighbor would send me to the store for uh, cigarettes, of all things. (laughs) And she gave me $10. And I think they were $9.75. And she said, if there's any left over, you can buy something. And that was my reward for going down to the store to get her... uh, Cigarettes, <clears throat> but if I had um, passed by and I had saw something there, as I went with the ten dollars in my hand before I actually got to the the counter, and I picked up a chocolate bar for, I think then it was ten cents. Wow, am I dating myself? Um, but then I picked up something, let's say for fifty cents. 
and I spent that, and then I went up and I tried to buy what she sent me for, I wouldn't have enough. And it's like that with time. If we spend it unwisely, then we won't have enough to do the will of God. And that was a new thought for me. Um, Now, fortunately, we can redeem the time. So even if you've wasted a lot of time, you can still buy it back. But in, in a sense, that time is gone. But you can still use the time going forward wisely. So, um, but still that whole thought of you just have, everyone has just enough time. There's 24 hours in the day. And, um, and I believe I am convinced that there is in this generation more opportunity to waste time than ever before in human history. And we can talk, we're going to talk about those things. But I put down a list of, in reading others and then throwing in my own, um, because I found this to be helpful. A list of the proper use of time and a list of the improper use of time. So that when I'm doing something that is wasting time, I can recall that and quickly get back to what I ought to be doing. Number one, gaining knowledge for employment, which would be study or schooling. And a lot of this involves the parents because the parents spend a lot of time in educating their children. So you can say, check. You're doing that. You're doing the will of God. You're, you're using your time wisely, investing in your children and your children learning so that they might be uh, useful in life and in the kingdom of God. So you could think of all the different things that you have to do to gain knowledge for employment, all the way up to college and university, whatever you're doing, that is a good and godly use of time. And whatever parents make in the investment of that in their children, that is good and right, and I'm sure the Lord Jesus would have learned with his father in the shop. He didn't download all the skills that he had for life in a moment and that takes for some it could take 12 15 years from you figure from 5 to 18 Um, and then if you go on to post-secondary education it could be another four or five years if you become a doctor it could be 10 or 12 years so you could spend a lot of time in gaining knowledge for employment. Secondly, doing good to the saints and to lost men. So serving the saints. If you're doing that, you're doing the will of God. It's a good use of time. If you're seeking the lost, then think of all the effort that you would put in to do that. Uh, That is a good and proper use of time. And probably the second biggest chunk of time for men is uh, working an honest job to provide income for your family and for the poor. 
and you might spend 8, 10 hours a day. In preparation for that, it might even be 12 hours a day. When I lived in the city, I'd be getting up at 5.15 to beat the traffic to get across the city so that I wouldn't spend an hour and a half in traffic in the morning. And then I would use the time that I, I saved getting up early to drive across the city and spend that time reading my Bible on the other side of the city. And that's how I tried to redeem the time. Don't have that problem here. Don't have traffic. I just think, okay, it's 35 minutes to Elmer or whatever, wherever I'm working. Or in Long Point, it's uh, 29 minutes and I can get door to door in that time. There's no traffic, three stop signs, and I'm there. <laughs> uh, this is a treat living here compared to yeah, living in the city uh, in terms of traveling. So if you're ever tempted to complain about the three cars in front of you, <laughs> I had three, oh, 300,000 cars in front of me, and I'm not exaggerating. Uh, so whatever you got to do, you, you kind of work your schedule and you work with your personality too your kind of what you're given people are morning people or they're night people a uh, few people have both if you are blessed with both um, praise the Lord <clears throat> so working an honest job we don't want to work dishonest jobs working in uh, a bar or a uh, in the liquor store or in a casino is something a Christian should not be doing. And think of there may be other jobs. I'm not going to go down the list. Uh, some are better than others in terms of um, having time. A long-haul truck driver is not a good family job. Um, so choose wisely. <clears throat> Choose what's going to give you the most time for the things of God and for your family. <clears throat> so fourthly, prayer and meditation, study of the scriptures. This is, uh, it takes some effort, it takes planning, and it takes um, purpose. You have to be purposeful. <clears throat> I think we just read that scripture, with purpose of heart. That means you have to plan. You have to be purposeful. If I do this and that, then I'm not going to have as much time. Uh, and it's a long-haul race, and you need to um, pace yourself, if I could say that, in the proper use of time. And prayer and meditation is something that, yeah, it just, I don't know if you're, I, I, once my wife or when, before when I had children, once they got up and the house was bustling and I could hear footsteps and that was it. I was done meditating, I was done praying, I was even done reading. So I would have to get up well before my family got out of bed. That was just the only way. I could have time. And I wasn't like uh, others who could stay up late after they all went to bed. That wasn't me. So I just, I knew if I did that, I'd be pounding nails in no time and then I wouldn't get anything out of it. 
So that was just me. And you might be one, you might be the other. You might be, um, my wife's habit was to take time during the day. The kids would go down for a nap. When they got older, they went in their room. Uh, you could color, you could read, you could do anything without making any noise. Mom's going in her room and she's going to read the Bible and pray. So however you want to work it. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a fight, especially for the ladies. Uh, think of the children and then, oh, they don't go down for a nap at the same time. And, uh, but be encouraged, you're doing the will of God, raising your children and then you have to plan for that time so you can have uh, to seek after God for yourself. <clears throat> and yeah, involve your husband in it. He's gonna he's fighting for time himself to do the will of God. <clears throat> Fifthly, teaching children and others the scriptures. My wife read through the Bible several times in the early years, the children. She took time every day to read through the scriptures with the children. Um, encourage you ladies to do that. However you want to work it, whatever works for you. And uh, I would be out of the house, well, just figure from five, five in the morning, I get up. Everyone was sleeping. I would leave the house, and I wouldn't come back till sometimes six o'clock. That was just the way it was. I, I had no, uh, there was no options to work at home. <laughs> there just wasn't. I had to work out of the house, and sometimes if I worked close, great, I'd be home. Uh, but I was gone for at least ten hours a day. It was just just the way it was. And my wife invested a lot of time in teaching the children the scriptures. And thankfully, if you don't have that, you might not have that issue. Um, you might have a job just, you know, this time till that time, and you got no traffic, and you make it home, and you're home at the same time every night. Great. Um, but teaching others the scriptures, whether it's your own children or whoever you would meet. <clears throat> Seeking the salvation of souls is an excellent use of time. Uh, whether it's in prayer or whether it's actually speaking to somebody about Christ, whether it's uh, using a opportunity like... Uh, Dave and Trudy have to reach out to some Jehovah's Witnesses seeking to win them to Christ. They think they're winning them to the watchtower, but it's actually the other way around. And, yeah, striving with people. Time spent in recreation or sports with your children. I believe, is a proper use of time. And especially in the early years, as they get older, yeah, not so much. But uh, Abe's demonstrated that with his children. If I could say tying hearts, um, enjoying uh, 
each other's company. Um, and that's in moderation. If you're missing church, prayer meeting, and because you're out fishing or whatever, then that's not a proper use of time. But what would be in moderation, in recreation and sports, with your children, playing with them, um, when the Lord brought back the people to Jerusalem, he said that boys and girls would be playing in the streets and old men stooping with age. Just normal life was boys and girls playing in the streets. And if it was writing about Abe, he would have been playing with them. And that's good and right. Time spent with your children, teaching them as you walk in the way. And some of us have more time than others in that department. You might have an extra hour. <clears throat> I've been working, uh, working for Jake Nelson, <clears throat> and we start at 7.30. Bit of a challenge for me. I'm used to starting with Nathan. I'd start at 8 o'clock in the morning and have a little more time in the morning. Now I'm pushing the envelope and getting up at 5.15 or 5 o'clock, and by Friday, I was tired. He's tired, especially working with Anthony. He's running around, keeping me busy. <laughs> uh, but it's still, I tend to push back the time I get up because I need time in the Word. And you've got to fight for it. I have, to, I have to fight for it. And sometimes I lose and sometimes I win. I want to be on the winning side most of the time. So time spent with your children. Things that waste time. Things that waste time. Pursuit of luxuries in dressing, eating, and drinking. Not going to go into details. You can sort that out for yourself. Pursuit of luxuries. And in our culture, that's a huge temptation. It just... It just is, especially in the eating and drinking department. The seeking of pleasure through vacation and travel. I've done it. I used to go away for a week, one week out of the year with my family. And we would spend time together. We'd play together. We would uh, have time with the saints together. So it wasn't just lying on the beach in Florida. And thats I've never enjoyed that anyway. It's been easy for me. Even as a young person, I didn't really enjoy it. Uh, when you're as white as a ghost, you don't like burning on the beach. It just, you know, how do you like being a lobster today is just... So I guess naturally I just did you know, had an aversion to it, even as a young person. So it's never been appealing for me to go to the Bahamas or to St. Lucia and lie on the beach. People be blinded looking at me, and I just, yeah, 
But um, it is a big temptation. People decide, well, what isn't sinful, and then I want to do all of that. That's the wrong approach. That's the wrong approach. We have to decide what's profitable and then do that rather than what is, as Paul would say, lawful. Most people come at it from that. Well, if it's not sinful, then I can just do it. You are going to waste a lot of time if that's uh, your approach uh, to life. I don't think going on a vacation is sinful. But if that's your pursuit and it is available, especially if you have the money. I don't have the money for that, so it isn't a temptation for me to spend whatever amount of money uh, going to wherever. Uh, And if I was going to go somewhere, I would go somewhere for ministry. I remember years ago, I used to go out preaching on the street with a sketchboard, and there was a family that we used to see there every year. Every year, this family, all the the wife, the children, mom and dad, they all go, and they would go preaching on the streets of wherever. And I thought that was a wonderful use of time. That was what they did for vacation. And not to throw a guilt trip on anybody if they go away and relax, because I don't think it's sinful. But uh, it is, yeah, we can use our time better, if I could say that. And probably today, the biggest and um, greatest robber of time is the internet, TV, if you don't have uh, internet, watching sports. I have purposely avoided that. Um, Even though I would enjoy, I would enjoy watching a hockey game. And for Martin, he might enjoy watching a cricket game. And it's not sinful. But, oh, every Saturday night is uh, hockey night in Canada. You could spend three or four hours watching a hockey game if it goes into overtime. Now, the Puritans, they believe that you should prepare for the Sabbath day, and the Sabbath was Sunday. So on Saturday night, they would be in the Word, preparing their hearts for the Lord's day. They didn't have the temptation to watch from their living room, with their feet up, a hockey game. And they used their time more wisely in the Word, and, in, and I admit, I, I'm not in the habit of doing that. But for sure, if you are watching TV on Saturday night, you will not be seeking God. Think of why. It's If you're doing something else, even if it isn't sinful, it's still going to use up your time. The internet, uh, wow, can't say this enough, is... Uh, I'll have to get that statistics. How much YouTube video is watched every year in the world? It is astronomical. Sucking up like a vacuum everybody's time. People addicted so much so that they walk into traffic because they're looking at their cell phone. 
start getting in the habit of leaving your cell phone at home or limiting yourself to X amount of time every day, whether it's looking at the news or whether it's looking at the weather or watching little dolphin videos, which I've always has discouraged people from doing. But if you put a timer on and then you, at the end of the day, you see how much time you could spend or do spend on the Internet. But if you, if you follow the other list, knowledge to work, because I'll watch videos on how to do something, uh, whether it's something in construction, useful tool, but um, it can get out of hand. And for many people, it does. It does. And, and that's not even doing anything, if you understand, sinful. Sinful things, no. You just close the door like that. But things that aren't sinful. It's like the same approach with vacation, with uh, recreation, with everything. Um, it's less jarring. And then you realize, oh, I've spent X amount of time. Sometimes for some people it's hours a day. And at the end of the week they've spent, they could spend 15 or 20 hours looking at useless things and gaining useless knowledge. Or looking, even worse, many videos that don't really engage your mind at all. They just make you laugh and uh, you move on to the next one. And it affects your attention span. It affects many things uh, unbeknownst to those that are doing it. They are attention deficit you talk about attention deficit disorder in this generation more so than any other generation. Just think of early Christians or people that didn't have, imagine if there was one Bible in the church and it was at your house for a week and it was at your house for a week. If you even had that privilege, you would memorize things because you didn't have any other options. If you wanted to know the will of God and read the scriptures, you didn't have your own copy of the Bible. So imagine how you would use your time if you had it. But in our generation, I got one on my phone. I got three or four different translations on my shelf. I got Bibles that I don't use anymore. And it's just coming out my ears. And that is served for we don't even have to memorize anything we just look it up and yeah that the advance of the computer and the cell phone i don't memorize i don't even know martin's number i don't if you ask me i'd I'd have to really think about it because i don't i just press speed dial and it's like that with, I think I, I know my own phone, phone number because I've been asked many times for it. I know my wife's phone number, but anybody else's, forget it. I barely don't even know anyone's address anymore. That's just the effect of having not, you just don't have to memorize things, so you don't. And you've got to fight against that. Memorizing of scripture and of hymns is a proper use of time. Youthful lusts, and you don't have to be a youth to fall into youthful lusts. 
motorcycles, snowmobiles, four-wheeling, all of that stuff is a waste of time. It is. It's for self, tearing up, you know, and there's a certain, I mean, I've lived it. I loved getting on a motorcycle and just cracking it down the highway, my wife praying that I wouldn't kill myself. But it's a fleshly lust. You're not going to save gas. You're going to pay it out in insurance, so never get one. And likewise with a snowmobile. Unless you lived in you know, some far-funk place where you might need one. In Bolivia, they drive a motorcycle not because they are driving a Harley, but because they need a motorcycle. If you need one, great. But many people in our culture, they get one because they want one. And they love the sound and everything. It's a fleshly lust. And it, usually it's just the old guys that can afford it anyway. It's not, uh, it's not the teenager that's getting a $30,000 Harley. It's the guy like my age who's saved up lots of money and he wants to waste it on a fleshly lust. Stay away from those things. They're not sinful. They just rob your time and your money. And... They are going to be a no profit on the day of judgment. It's going to be a waste. It's going to be burned up. <clears throat> Ease. And this is a big temptation for all of us. Ease. Why don't we turn to uh, Luke chapter 12. <clears throat> I used to listen to songs that talked about taking it easy. <clears throat> and that's even a saying not so much today but someone would leave the parting and say take it easy and that has imbibed itself in our culture and in our thinking <clears throat> we'll start reading at verse Luke chapter 12 verse 17 and he thought within himself saying what shall I do because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. So he doesn't have big enough barns, so he is going to build bigger ones. <clears throat> he will build greater, and there I will bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I'll say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. In and of themselves, those things are not sinful. Eating, drinking, and being merry. <clears throat> but the Lord said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So laying up treasure for yourself. It's a temptation in our society because we have lots. Even the poorest among us has excess. That's just the way it is usually unless you're wasting it on uh, other things. There, the list could go on, but you get the picture. We need to redeem the time. <clears throat> we need to, redeeming was to buy something back from slavery. So you buy back that time to use it wisely. 
means getting up early. It means not wasting it on things that are a waste of time. And I think we can narrow the field on what that is. And it looks different in everyone's life. And certainly we don't want to be, and Martin has taught us well, don't be looking at someone else. Look at your own life and thinking. So you hear someone's going to, they're getting on a plane and they're going somewhere. Start shaking your head. I don't think that's, the, that's not a wise use of time either. But rather uh, looking at our own lives and seeing how we can redeem the time that we have. <clears throat> redeem it for God. Because the days uh, are evil. We're living in an evil day and that is uh, increasing every day. Let's turn back to Ephesians chapter 5. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And if you are using your time properly, you're going to know the will of God. And we've, we've laid those things out in that first seven things. <clears throat> All those things are the will of God. People wondering, what is the will of God? Well, there's enough in the scripture before you. You don't have to worry what the will of God is. Just do what you've been commanded. And then worrying about the, the, the amount of things that people don't know about the will of God. Where I'm going to live and what I'm, who I'm going to marry and all those things. Just be in the way as Nathan, uh, that was an excellent Uh, scripture, exhortation, just be in the way. And by doing these things, you're going to be in the way. And if the Lord needs you to know something else, you're going to find out. Uh, That's just the way to go. And rather than, I think only maybe two or three times in my life have I ever wondered uh, what the will of God is in those things and prayed earnestly for it and received the answer. But those are very far and few between. Most of the time, this is the will of God. Just get busy. And yeah. redeem the time. Because the days are evil. <clears throat> and it goes by quickly. I remember celebrating my mother's 60th birthday. I'm two years from 60 now. <laughs> wow, it goes fast. It's Unbelievable. It goes fast. Verse 18. Be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. I think it it doesn't have to be mentioned, but drunkenness is always condemned in the Scripture. Um, The consuming of wine or spirits or beer in and of itself is not evil. But the, um, you will never be made a better Christian by doing those things. And if you're redeeming the time, you're going to think, how can I be a better Christian, servant, wife, husband, etc.? And you will never be made better in those things by enjoying a glass of wine or whatever. But, on the other hand, we don't want to condemn people that do that. Um, but if you're going to, and I'll use the word, indulge in a glass of wine, then you make sure that you don't get drunk. 
But if you want to redeem the time, uh, the best thing to do is to abstain from those things. <clears throat> the Rechabites, they, uh, they didn't drink wine, nor they wouldn't they drink any form of alcohol. They lived in tents, and they didn't, they didn't get busy with the things of this world. Instructive for us. They weren't tied up with those things. So that's, uh, that's obvious. <clears throat> be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. <clears throat> now the only, um, the verb here in this, I'm going to give us a bit of English uh, lessons. The verb here is be filled. And then there is, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four participles modifying that verb. And we'll call them out. Speaking, singing, making melody, also giving of thanks, and submitting is all how you are being filled with the Spirit. So, on the one hand, it's something that only God can do. And on the other hand, he's told us how to do that. And how you're going to be filled with the Spirit is, you don't get drunk with wine, that's obvious, but you do these things. Speaking to yourselves, singing, making melody, giving of thanks, and submitting. That is how the Christian church, both individually and corporately, is filled with the Spirit. It is an action it is not something that happens passively. <clears throat> so yes, you have to receive the Spirit in salvation. You have to turn from your sin. You have to trust in Christ and you're given the Holy Ghost. But it just starts there. That isn't the ending. It starts there. And as you go on in life, there is the continuing commandment to be filled with the Spirit. And it happens in this way. Notwithstanding the other, maybe the odd events in people's lives where they have sought God for a greater filling of the Spirit and they have received it. But uh, in the normal course of life, this is how it uh, looks. <clears throat> So it starts there with speaking, speaking to yourselves. <clears throat> and notice it says, speaking psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. <clears throat> the psalms is, uh, is obvious, the collection of prophetic books authored by David, Moses, Asaph, and others, sung in the worship of God and the edification and instruction of the saints. The Psalms were originally put to music, as were other songs in the Bible. Um, because if the tune and everything would help you, remember it. And I believe Psalm 119 is written uh, so you could put it to memory. All the letters of the Hebrew alphabet in there so that you could remember whole, if I could say, stanzas by the letter. And... 
Yeah, committing songs to memory, psalms to memory is... Because if you don't commit it to memory, you're not going to be able to sing it privately. And um, I don't suggest, as I did for many years, you put on a, t- uh, I was going to say tape, because that's where I started. Put it on a tape, or you put on a CD, or now you put on a whatever. It's not even MP3 anymore. It's just all digital. You can have thousands and thousands of songs on your phone. And what it does for you is it makes your mind lazy. And we don't need help being lazy. (laughs) So I would suggest, wherever you are on that road, you put it away. I did. And uh, it's it's been a struggle because I spent so many years uh, listening. And the scripture doesn't tell you to do that. These are not um, suggestions. These are just the example of scripture and speaking is active singing is active Um, sometimes it's nice to listen to others sing but that's very rare it would have been here and for hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years this wasn't even an option if you wanted music you had to play it yourself You had to sing yourself, and it was very rare that you would ever, and there was in the temple singing men and singing women. But um, it's something that is active, and then you have to do what? You have to remember the words, the psalms, the hymns, and the spiritual songs. You have to be active, and it's a fight to do that. If your mind becomes lazy, which mine had, then I wouldn't need to memorize a song because I would just go on and I'd put a tape in or a CD or whatever, depending on what part of my life I was at. I I jettisoned at the CD stage, um, didn't go on to the MP3 stage. But it is something that is just so um, available in our culture. It's, It's, yeah, people could have literally thousands and thousands of songs. You can just download anything you want and you don't need to memorize anything. It's going to be bad for you if you didn't have a cell phone. Imagine if you were in prison. I remember it was uh, Sylvia Tenicerio in prison. She'd almost lost her mind and God miraculously brought back to her mind Songs, and she just kept singing all the songs. And if she hadn't memorized them back then, she would never have been able to bring them to mind. And because of everything that fights against us to make us lazy in memorizing, then you just don't. And I'm including, you know, I'm talking to myself because that's just the reality. So it says, uh, if you want to be filled with the Spirit, speak to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And making melody is, uh, you can, as I asked Matthew, what's the melody? He says it's the tune. So you memorize the tune and the words and you got it by yourself. If you can't carry a tune in a bucket, then... 
uh, yeah, at least no one's there to listen to you. <laughs> you can be off key and you can be here or there and everywhere and you just shout it out anyway and yeah, no one's got to be there <laughs> to listen to you. And that's why I get, like singing at the top of my voice in the van or the car because no one's there to listen to me when I go off key or I don't remember the verses correctly. I get them all mixed up and the, the words are humbo jumbo, but we're just going on anyway. <laughs> so, uh, but it's good to memorize it accurately so you don't go off base in church and start singing something else. <clears throat> <clears throat> So we speak to ourselves, making melody in your heart would be, if I could say, individual. And then when we come together corporately, then we, that is the natural expression of our lives and time together. And isn't it wonderful that we all can sing together? And that is really what uh, the meeting ought to be, everyone participating vocally loudly um, I can remember being in a congregation where the song leader would literally stand up the pulpit like this it wasn't inspiring but there was another older gentleman and I used to love when he would lead the singing he was kicking and he was you know one of these guys just like that and it was inspiring but do you? I didn't find this inspiring. What's that? <laughs> I'm not telling it. Uh, I'm not saying Matthew ought to be kicking because this just was the way the man was. And I might think it's kind of weird if Matthew does that now. But uh, but John Enns was like that, right? He just he's. It's like that with our singing too. If we're just. Dragging our feet. But if we're just, yeah, I would. And then one brother said, I wouldn't want to have that man up there all the time. I said, I would. I'd like if he laid this, laid this singing every Sunday. Because <laughs> it's just. And then he got to the point where he couldn't see very well. And then he would just join in at the chorus and everyone was going through. And then, but he would just be. And you knew he was, yeah. I can still remember some hymns. 35 years ago of men just exuberant singing leading singing at the front exuberant still remember it to this day uh, there have been in a lot of times singing hymns when there was less exuberance and didn't impress on my mind that's what God he wants exuberance all your heart in it and yeah Learn to sing if you, if you haven't. I think you can learn to a certain degree. Some people are just natural, and God bless you for that. But what we can do, we can memorize the hymns, memorize the tune, so you can sing by yourself. Chuck the CD, chuck the MP3 or whatever, your cell phone, delete them off your phone, and then just learn them in your mind, in your, your spirit. Because you're going to draw near to God in that place. <clears throat> These are just helps for us. <clears throat> Learn to sing. <clears throat> and there's plenty of hymns um, that aren't from the biblical text 
that we have been blessed with um, many, many songs and hymns and spiritual songs. There's many spiritual songs in the scripture. We'll just turn to uh, a couple. Uh, Exodus 15.1. There's many songs in the Bible. Now the tunes are not, what they sang, uh, the tunes is not recorded. Exodus 15.1. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake, saying. Notice it says, they sang this song and then they spake, saying. So you speak, but your speaking is in the form of singing. And then it goes on. The Lord is my strength and my song. He's become my salvation. He is my God and I will prepare him a habitation. My father's God and I will exalt him. And then it goes on. Um, There are many such songs in the scripture. We'll turn to uh, 1 Chronicles 25. First Chronicles 25, in verse 6. <clears throat> we'll start in at verse 5. All these were the sons of Heman, the king's seer, in the words of God, to lift up the horn. And God gave unto Heman fourteen sons and three daughters, All these were under the hands of their father for song in the house of the Lord with cymbals, psalteries, and harps for the service of the house of God according to the king's order to Asaph, Jeduthun, and Heman. And part of the worship in the house of God, and that was the temple, was, if I could say, dedicated singers. Uh, skillful in instruments, something I haven't been blessed with. I appreciate it. I, yeah, those that play, I marvel just how you can not look and you touch the keys and all that wonderful music comes out. It is just not me. It's like trying to do calculus. It just is impossible. But uh, God has blessed some of us with those talents and you use them for God. <clears throat> Songs hymns, and spiritual songs. And the purpose is to praise God for instruction and edification of the saints. We edify one another, and you can edify yourself and praise God yourself in singing wherever you go. And it it has to become a habit because it's so easy to be yeah, just, I mean, I'm naturally a doldrum-type person. And it's, it's an effort to, to sing. And sometimes I don't like the sound of my voice because it's just kind of, mm, yeah, it doesn't sound very good. Because I listen to others, that sounds good, my voice doesn't sound good. So you just don't sing. Get over it. Your voice doesn't sound good. Get over it. Sing with all your heart. Psalms, hymns. And spiritual songs. <clears throat> uh, 
And then it says, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father. So this is how you're being filled with the Spirit. You're speaking to yourself, you're singing, you're making melody in your hearts in private, and then you do that corporately. And then you give thanks, always. So you're not just giving thanks here, you're giving thanks always. If you focus on your trials and on your problems, then you're going to become sour in life. But if you're giving thanks, even through trials, you're going to uh, be filled with the Spirit. You're not going to be overcome with the trials of life. Giving thanks for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, Ruth's mom was a great example of that. Just She didn't arrive there overnight. She got there through years and years and years of giving thanks. And uh, we ought to be doing the same. With purpose of heart. And you've got to be purposeful. If you're a guy like me, you've got to be purposeful. Because it's just not going to happen otherwise. <clears throat> and then the, the, the next thing in uh, being filled with the Spirit is submitting yourselves to one another in the fear of God. And then it gives, uh, gives the particulars in verse 22 through to 6, 9. And it gives three uh, couplets, wives and husbands, um, children and parents, and then servants and masters. And it gives first the, those that are under authority, and then second, those that are in authority, and it goes down the list like that. So in order to be filled with the Spirit, you need to be submitting yourself. Um, and if you're not, then if you've done all those other things and you don't do this thing, then you won't be filled with the Spirit. Simple. Think about it. You're, you're singing, making melody in your hearts of the Lord, and then you're kicking against authority. It's not going to work. You might be not doing it outwardly, but if you're doing it inwardly, it's just, it's not going to work. <clears throat> Think of the God of the universe came in to this world and he submitted himself to his father and ultimately to the cross. That is submission. He submitted himself to his earthly parents and he uh, did the will of God. It's been demonstrated in the Lord Jesus, and we need to be doing those things uh, ourselves. <clears throat> I looked up a definition of submission. <clears throat> to place oneself under the control of a person in authority or power, to become subject, to surrender oneself or yield to a person or to his rule. It's simple, but for it takes purpose of heart. You need to do it. You have to decide to do it. <clears throat> so then there's three uh, areas of submission that aren't mentioned in this passage, but I thought it would be helpful to touch on those um, 
because the, if you don't do these ones, then the others won't come together either. <clears throat> Submit to God. Uh, James, James chapter 4 and verse 7. Submit to God. <clears throat> Simple, it says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So you submit to his righteousness in Christ Jesus through the gospel. You do that first, and then you submit to him in life. <clears throat> and there could be many other passages that we could look up, but for the sake of time, we'll move on. Submit to government. This is another thing. People have hard time with this. Um, Romans 13.1. Especially... Um, now that our government is not as benevolent as it used to be. But uh, it wasn't benevolent then either. In fact, it was much more hostile. <clears throat> Let every soul, this is Christians, be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Pretty heavy stuff. <clears throat> There's other, uh, we'll just go to Titus 1, Titus 3.1, pardon me. Titus 3.1. <clears throat> Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers. That, that's just a government. Whether um, on the, we could say, the federal level, the provincial level, or the municipal level, <clears throat> uh, to obey magistrates and to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man. Those would be in government. It's obvious what we should do as Christians. We shouldn't be, you don't have to agree with those in government, but you do not need to speak evil of them even if they're doing evil they were doing it then and they're doing it now but we're to pray for them um, and that's our duty as Christians and we submit where we can now sometimes we can't and we all know those times when we can't um, when they ask us to do things that we in good conscience cannot do or when we need to do something that God has told us to do and they say you can't do. So we can sort that out later. <clears throat> and then finally, submit to elders. We'll turn to uh, Hebrews chapter 13. So everyone should be looking to place themselves under authority. I know that's an unpopular some people say, yeah, I don't want to go to church anymore. You know, so many abusive leaders and all kinds of stuff. Usually it's people telling them what they don't want to do. Um, but there isn't, the, the New Testament doesn't know somebody that isn't under authority somewhere as a Christian. <clears throat> so uh, Hebrews thirteen seventeen. Obey them that have the rule over you. And submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, 
for that is unprofitable for you. A selfish motive. It's unprofitable to be rebellious and to not be in submission. It's just unprofitable. And this is the path for every child of God. Submit yourselves and things go well. Um, and I don't, yeah, that isn't necessarily uh, a problem here, but to be faithful, we want to mention it. Um, <clears throat> and then it goes on. Ephesians chapter 5 again. <clears throat> Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. <clears throat> so we submit one to another in, in this sense. Um, the brethren submit to one another. Here's one example. It came up at brothers' meeting that we were offered to buy this church building. And I came to brothers' meeting thinking, this is a good opportunity. We'd have to be dummies not to you know, take this opportunity. And by the end of that brothers' meeting, I thought, we'd have to be dummies to buy this building. That's where I came thinking, wow, what a 180. I'm, and I listened to the different brothers, and I said, yeah, um, that makes sense. And I just submitted my, my own opinions and what I thought was good, and I listened, and yeah, I thought my idea is bad. And it can work that way, but if you, you know, you're really pulling for your own way, and, yeah, it can be like that at work. Anthony's my boss at work. I kind of like that. So I say, hey, boss, what should I be doing? Because I don't have to think about it. I just do what, he, what I'm told. <laughs> um, and then yeah, one brother said, yeah, I'm not your boss. I said, There's no one else going to tell me what to do. I don't want to just do my own thing, what I think is right to do or whatever. Um, yeah, and that's how it to be in the church, submitting to one another. Now, I know that, uh, in a couple more minutes, I know that it is a popular view that this means that in the marriage relationship there's mutual submission. And I've heard that preached many different times. And men are often the champions for that interpretation. Going to fight for the ladies who are you know, under the thumb. It uh, really is a ridiculous um, interpretation of the scripture, and next time we're going to see why. But submitting is the overall um, topic that's introduced, and then he goes on to talk about the particulars. And the particulars is wives, uh, and it goes down to children, and then servants. Those are the particulars. Submitting yourselves to one another is just the initial category. And as brethren, we submit to one another. And I've already demonstrated in what sphere that is meant. But it in no way suggests that there's mutual submission between the children and the parents. Or that there's mutual submission between the slave and the master. And that was the situation. At church, you could come to church and you have the master sitting in the seat, and then you would have a slave that could be an elder. 
I don't know if that uh, situation exists, but the, uh, there's no suggestion that all of Christianity throws off the, uh, what's normal and right. Masters, there were slaves in the Roman Empire, and the Bible doesn't seek to throw that off, but it tells them how that relationship has to work. And, of course, we're going to get into that uh, next time. But uh, the, the general principle is, is that those in authority fear God and they don't abuse that position. Um, and it's one of love and good and kind treatment. That's, that's the general principle. It's not... Uh, that you get to be an abusive and women and women's rights and all of that whole movement has reacted against men that were like that and uh, bosses and all kinds of stuff. And that's why, generally speaking, in our society, authority is not uh, viewed well and is, I mean, how many people rebel against the government, at least in their hearts, Wherever it's about taxes, whatever it's about, this and that, it's always the temptation is to rebel against those things. And it's not the will of God. Why don't we... Sure, yeah. Why don't we have Martin come up? Thank you, uh, Sean. Those that are hard to get out uh, groan if they see me coming up for, for another hour, but it's not that at all. Really uh, appreciate the sincere unleavened bread of the word, don't you, brother? Those uh, beautiful words of life. Thank you for your faithful labor. I was inspired, although I'm not going to get to preaching. I want to just take a big highlighter on some points that uh, Sean made. Of course, I've got work to do with redeeming the time. Um, understanding the will of God. Like I almost shouted, Amen, Amen, Amen. American, Amen's American, right? Amen is closer to the original and it's British. So, But I don't mind if everyone else says Amen as long as you can let me say Amen. Sometimes you've got to just shout out though, Amen, good Baptist. Uh, doing the will of God. God's going to reveal His will. Just get busy with what He's spoken to in the Word. Get filled with the Spirit, get praising, get thanking, get going. And if there's something He really needs you to do that doesn't fall in that normally, He will let you know. In North American, Western Christendom today, we are so self-centered and think we're so important that God needs to give us a vision or an angel or something to tell us what job, what house, what car, what toothbrush to buy. Let's get over ourselves. It's all here. God has spoken to us in his son, and let's get on with it. So you hit it out of the park with that one, and I just want to draw our attention to that. Well, they were all hit out of the park. Um, and the will, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. I think it was Diane, sometime in the last five or ten years, said, yeah, I've stopped listening to CDs, and I'm just praising the Lord, and what a difference it's made, you know. And I, I, I've said that 
for years. And she said, yeah, but sometimes it just doesn't click. But wow, you know, I felt... So, can't emphasize that enough. A passive mind, listening to music. It's not evil, and once a week is fine. That's about all you would have had before the modern technology. You had to go and sit if you were going to listen. If you're rich, you'd go to an orchestra somewhere in high society. You could do that two or three times a week. You know, you're living a life of ease. But normal people never could just listen to music while they worked. And it is bad for our souls. It creates a passive state of mind that weakens us spiritually and makes us more vulnerable to spiritual attacks. I cannot highlight that one enough. These all speak to our wills. Singing, making melody, you're doing it. In your heart, it's volitional. It's not a passive mind playing a, even a spiritual song like a broken record. Half of you are too young to know what that means. There's a big round disc, you know, like that, and the needle would go around, it would spin, and the needle slowly spirals in, that's how it'd make music. And sometimes it would have a yip, and it just goes around on the same track over and over. You hear the same phrase over and over, and minds can be like that. Brethren, the Word of God, if we do these things, we will prosper. So these are hobby horses of mine. Why? Because I see the damage in Christian lives through a passive mind. Um, and then, you know, because we're feeling bagged out, so we'll just put the music on. <laughs> it's meditating a little. You know, it's, uh, I'll be doing a fair bit of preaching in chapter 6. Be strong in the Lord. And this is part of that, a bit of a precursor. So, not to take away from the rest of the message. Uh, time, redeeming the time. Knowing the will of God by doing what he's revealed in the scriptures. Singing, being filled. This choice this inward response to God singing praising and so on and submission by the way I'm with Sean on the submitting to one another I think I completely just gave over that decision to the brothers I couldn't make it to the meeting on discussing the building and I just accepted what uh, what decision the brothers came up with because uh, we're all under the Lord Christ right he's our our head Sean, you're going to continue next week, right? Going to get into that. He's, I knew he'd put so much into this, and, and I thought, let him just keep going on that. Um, so, looking forward to that. Especially, I speak concerning Christ and the church. How oh, glorious. Thanks again, brothers. Um, Jesus said, if ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. Let us be remembering hears and do the word of God. Let's pray, shall we?